Hello, welcome to another episode of my podcast. So today, this will be over my final for my education tech class. So it will be a reflection of what I have learned this semester. Okay, let's discuss social media and the impact for teachers, education, and my classroom, or my future classroom in this case. Um, so... This past week, or last week, um, I did two social media challenges. I did the Twitter challenge and the Instagram challenge. So for the Instagram challenge, I followed um, 10 new people, and then I also looked into um, who those educators were, or even just influencers as well. Sometimes I think I had one person who was a principal, and then from there I also looked for resources that um, each of the people I followed, what they had to offer. So to talk about the impact this has for teachers, or in this case, Instagram. So with Instagram, you can make, um, highlights. So with the stories, you can, um, post pictures and videos, and then you can save those into highlights. So whenever you go on your profile, you can see them, and then you can arrange them by category. So what I saw a lot for what teachers did, they would set them for like, oh, you know, this is my resources highlights. So you can go into the highlights and there can even be links to maybe their blog post or even their, um, maybe a project that they, they designed that they have available on, um, teachers pay teachers. So this is like a great way for teachers to like share what they have, have, um, created what they've learned um, and then in return other teachers can discover this and share it with others and then this kind of this loop of continuous inspiration and creation so that the teaching community is always um, growing from each other and learning from each other. So to piggyback off that, um, this all, all obviously um, affects the education and the classroom. So now within your instruction, you have all these new ideas and maybe some different um, resources that you hadn't heard of, maybe even new technology that you can integrate into your classroom. Um, For example, maybe since my content area is ESL, I might find a resource for ESL students, maybe one that's specific for a certain language, a native language. So maybe I have a student was from Saudi Arabia and I happen upon another teacher's Instagram and they have just posted something about an amazing resource or a website or just a strategy that they have found helpful specifically for students who um, are native Arab speakers and how to um, help them adjust into acquiring English because that's a quite a big um, language difference um, when we're talking about linguistics here but just anything just like that. So in the classroom and within um, just who you have in the classroom, these sorts of resources that you can find are very um, individualized. So even depending on who you find on Instagram, some people are obviously, you know, you might find someone who's a special education teacher, someone who is an early, early childhood um, caretaker, um, or even someone who focuses more on science. So just from that, you can kind of 
um, orient yourself in a certain subject area so you can get really specific resources that are perfect for your classroom and that just um, add more meaning to um, education. So this kind of helps with the school system so that, you know, even maybe a small town um, can end up using a resource that was created all the way in a big city thousands of miles away. So this just creates a great connections between teachers. You might even have some who are, um, like with ESL teachers, there might be someone who is currently in China, and they've just d realized this amazing strategy that really helped in their classroom for teaching English. And then someone here in Kansas might find out about that through the help of Instagram and can start applying that in their own classroom as well. So now on to Twitter. Now my Twitter challenge was a bit different than Instagram. Um, yes, I did follow more people, but I also um, asked questions on there. I consider Twitter to be more of a dialogue-based um, social media platform than an Instagram platform. For me, when I think of Instagram, I think of very um, stylized pictures. It's all about the images that you see. On Instagram, you do get that image, image um, ability to post pictures, but you also have the ability to start like threads, so like discussions. You might be able to ask a question and then people can just continuously reply to it. And so then you have this one thread of just, it's just very well organized and it helps to kind of um, arrange things. So whenever you're on your account, you can go down to each question you've asked or maybe even just like um, even an answer um, that you gave to someone else. So it really helps with like that communication sense. And then once again, you can start those dialogues between people from all over, from educators who from all backgrounds, etc. So one of my challenges, I um, had to find um, five people for Follow Friday. Um, and so I kind of was like, oh, you know, follow these people. They're really great um, in the ESL world. Um, obviously, I chose that because my concentration is ESL. Um, and then it was great because since I um, tagged them, um, so I had their URL, um, not their URL, but... Um, their username in there so then they knew that I had mentioned them and so they were able to come back and reply to me and say oh thank you and so I've, I've already started um, building relationships just through Twitter just from that one one um, uh, hashtag activity I guess you could call it um, and then what else I did I also um, shared some websites and links um, that's one thing that I think Instagram kind of has a little trouble with. I mean, with their highlights, when you can make highlights, you can include links in there. But on posts, you can't really include links. I mean, you can, but they're not active links. But with Twitter, they are live links. So it's very easy just like to click on a link and send you to the Washington Post or any kind of news article or any kind of blog post, for example. So now let's talk about how Twitter can impact the classroom. So obviously, just like I was talking about with Instagram, it's a great way to share resources with each other, but I also think it might be a great way to encourage um, discussion boards, because we um, just talked about the threads a little bit ago. So you could easily find a, a kid-friendly Twitter app, so then students maybe whenever they're over, over break, or even over summer break, so that's a long break and you want to 
make sure they retain all the information they learned. You can probably, as the teacher, start like questions or like maybe give them challenges to find, you know, I'll try to find a mammal today or try to find a invertebrate today. And then the students can reply back and see and, um, well, show each other what they found. And then the teacher can see that they're, you know, continuing to learn even while they are on break. So I think that would be a great example to have um, Twitter used within the classroom. Well, in this case, it's outside a classroom, but it kind of continues the classroom um, into the summer, into the breaks. And it's a great way to just keep in touch with each other. And also, it would also be a great way for students who maybe aren't as willing to um, share verbally with others. Um, who might have more confidence with just writing their their thoughts, their feelings down. So this would be a great way for everyone to get a chance to um, say their thoughts. So that would be another just great way to include Twitter within education. So to finish off this podcast, I will be discussing two of my personal favorite tools that I learned during my EdTech class. So these will include a video making app and then also a website. So I'm going to start off with talking about Adobe Spark Video. Now I have have a history with using iMovie um, and I really enjoy just like editing um, videos and just adding special effects. To me that's just really fun and it's fun to be able to actually manipulate the video and see like results right there on the screen. So this really helped me um, to enjoy the Adobe Spark video and I loved how you could adjust the time kind of like iMovie um, but I really liked the formatting of it a lot compared to iMovie and I also liked the available themes they had so they had themes that you could have specifically for like an education based um, project or even like a job based one or even like a storytelling one so there were all different kinds of theme, themes, and then once you set those up, it had like each slide that was designated to fit within the appropriate sequence that fits that theme. So for instance, for like a, maybe an argument one, there was like the beginning, you know, introducing the argument, and then the middle like supporting your argument, and then um, the other one would be addressing the opposite sides um, opinions on the argument, that kind of, um, format, which I really enjoyed, so you don't have to really think too much about, like, oh, what should I include next, so there's already a nice guideline for you. Um, one of the reasons I did really enjoy it, this class, was, um, during, um, we had a note card story assignment, where we had to write, um, a story on note cards, and I do not have the best handwriting, are very not very legible handwriting and so I was kind of worried about having to you know write out what I wanted to say and make it legible enough for people to understand but then I was told by my teacher that we could also use Adobe Spark so I made my note card story on Adobe Spark and it was great because then I could actually adjust the time for each card so the viewer would have enough time to read it instead of like having to film myself and have to like you know awkwardly wait while I'm holding a card up it just made the entire um, assignment a lot easier 
And then even when I was making my lesson plans with it, it was just very nicely detailed and it wasn't very confusing. It was very obvious, you know, how to work it. So that's why it was one of my personal favorites. So my last tool that I will be talking about is edpuzzle.com. Now I was introduced to this during our class over assessments. So this was a great way to um, include both video and assessment within um, your classroom. So I had my lesson over the seasons. So I was able to find a video on YouTube and then through Edpuzzle I was able to insert it and then at different segments throughout the video I was able to um, include a little quiz within it so then as my students would be watching this video they'd be able to get you know how get them thinking after each um, segment over winter fall spring summer and what I really liked about this too is that for the assessment options you could choose multiple choice true or false um, or even like open-ended questions so I really liked how that was um, included so it wasn't just a basic like true false you had an um, array of options for you to um, choose for your students to um, be assessed on their learning um, and I think this was also great because um, obviously with technology we're watching a lot more videos in the classroom and sometimes it's difficult for students you know to pay attention and yeah, of course you have those students who might end up falling asleep because you know you always want the lights off so you can see the video better um, but then by having these questions it doesn't even have to be an assessment it just keeps them engaged so you know they're watching and I think that's a great way to just encourage students to pay attention and also get them um, reinforced to um, participate. So that's my reason for choosing Edpuzzle as my second tool. So from these tools I just talked about, there are different ways that I can use them in my classroom. So for Adobe Spark video, I can have the students use them to um, create projects to showcase um, their research uh, maybe they had a history project so they can showcase all that they learned and then make it very animated because of all the um, the fun settings within Adobe Spark. And then also they can do their own note card story, which can be used in all kinds of subjects. Uh, like again, like literature, maybe they read a book and then they can make a little note card story um, about a character. Um, and then since I am in an ESL class, I can have my students maybe um, maybe make an interesting project over um, the parts of speech um, or other grammar-related um, topics, or even about culture as well, since that's a big part of teaching English as a second language. A big part of that includes, you know, making sure students understand the pragmatics that comes with English, so they can even make a video about ways to include pragmatics in their everyday lives. Um, and then on to Edpuzzle. Within Edpuzzle, um, again, because it is a great way to assess students, um, I can make sure my students, my ESL students, um, kind of understand 
what the video is talking about. So instead of um, having it as an assessment, it'll be a, as a way to know if they understand it or not, which I guess you could say is an assessment as well. Um, so maybe we're watching a video about the weather, and then within after each um, um, segment about uh, rainstorms or snow, I can have a question that pops up and to see whether or not they understand the material. And so then from there, I can um, know if we need to go more into detail or maybe go um, use a different strategy to make sure they understand the lesson. So these are some different examples of how I could use my two favorite tools that I learned about this semester. That is it for my podcast. Thank you very much for listening in.